Chapter 28 Fontaine kicked open the flimsy front door and stepped back inside, pulling out the keys and dangling them from his finger. Where did you get those? Ellis asked, glancing over his shoulder. Long story, Fontaine said, tossing him the keyring and pulling out his gun. Ellis caught them mid-air and looked them over. They were the right keys, the same brand and size as all the padlocks. The same number, too. They were even paired by color. One was silver, the second was bronze, and the last one was just dull steel. The guy I picked up had them on him, Fontaine said. He claims to not know shit, but he had a bag from this place with him, too. What was in the bag? Ellis asked, sticking the first key into the lock. It fit. Nothing. Just a blank book, Fontaine said. Weird, Ellis remarked, pulling open the padlock and dropping it on the floor. He crouched and unlocked the second, then stood and reached above his head, grabbing the last lock and sliding the key in place. Did he have anything else? Ellis asked, pausing a moment. No, Fontaine replied. Just some crazy stories. I have a hunch he might have been with Wendy at some point. He went on about some expensive girl he lost. I was only half listening, but it fit her description pretty well, I'd say. Great, Ellis said, unhooking the last lock and tossing it onto the counter. Both deputies took a step back and looked the door up and down. Now that it was unlocked, something about it seemed menacing and wrong. What is it? Fontaine whispered. Ellis's eyes were locked on the doorknob. You feel that? Ellis asked quietly. Feel what? Fontaine asked. Shh! Ellis whispered. Listen. Do you hear something? Fontaine fell silent and held his breath. He leaned an ear to the wall. There was a low sound rising from behind the door. It grew like the hum of an approaching ship or the swell of an organ. A single note so unfamiliar and flat that for a moment Fontaine thought it might be inside his own head. Quiet, Ellis whispered, putting an ear to the door. Is that coming from inside? Fontaine drew his gun and pointed it right at the door. Ellis pulled out his own but let it hang at his side. He touched the doorknob. The deputies looked at each other the way two scared children might. They were both a little hesitant to move now that they'd gotten this far. The sound grew around them, and as it did, the building began to quake. The glass counter rattled and shook. What the fuck? Ellis said, slowly opening the door. A blade as thin as a needle shot out from the sliver of darkness and impaled Ellis through the throat. His mouth filled with blood and his eyes rolled back, turning white and pink. Then the blade retracted with a metallic snap. Ellis dropped to his knees. His gun fumbled from his hands as he gasped air and clutched his throat, 
blood spurted from his neck and pooled beneath him. In an instant, his white t-shirt was soaked in it. He gagged and coughed, trying to scream. He tipped sideways, flailing out, then going rigid and curling himself into a ball on the floor. Fontaine took several steps back, pointing his gun at the thin line of darkness where the blade had disappeared. He glanced down at Ellis. Ellis was dead. Then the door opened further, as if whoever had stabbed him was peeking out. Fontaine cocked his pistol and fired two shots into the void. He waited, trying to hear someone shout or fall, but his own shots just rang in his head like bells, and he grew dizzy with panic, stumbling further back toward the arcade room entrance. Ellis was drained entirely, lying in an inch-deep pool of blood like a day-old steak on a plate. Fontaine wiped his eyes and climbed to his feet. The strange door creaked, then swung open on its own. With a shoulder to the wall, Fontaine stepped over Ellis and slid behind the glass counter. He spat and pulled his flashlight from his belt and flipped it on. He shined it inside. Its golden beam danced along a dirt floor and landed on the hemline of a red silk robe. He lifted the light. A figure draped entirely in this luxurious fabric was standing just inside. But its face was hidden beneath a long hood. The thing didn't move, and Fontaine couldn't see its hands. The deputy stumbled forward. He lifted the flashlight, shining it right into what he thought were the thing's eyes. I see you, Fontaine whispered entering the darkness and pressing the barrel of his gun against the figure's motionless head. Can you see me? White, hot pain shot through Fontaine's insides like a molten poker skewered through his guts. He fired his weapon into the robe, but the bullet brought it tumbling to the floor where it fell in a folded heap. It'd just been an empty robe hanging from a nail. Fontaine's mouth filled with warmth. He clutched his side, feeling the blade's entrance point beneath his ribs. It stabbed clean through him. Its pointed end stuck out his other side. His skin went ice cold and his eyes ached. He dropped his gun and flashlight and grabbed at the blade, turning to stare through the darkness at what had stabbed him. In one swift, twisting motion, Fontaine pulled the blade out of himself. It was long and rounded, just like a needle, with a hollowed tip. He stood and staggered forward, hunched with his arms wrapped around himself, spitting up and coughing. His legs went weak. The floor descended like an eroded valley. He drug his heels, fighting to stay upright as the ground steepened. Something was following him. He could hear its steps sinking and sucking into the mud behind him. But it was too dark to see anything. Fontaine's mind wandered, forgetting where he'd come from and what had brought him here. Ahead was a rise of dirt 
circling a giant hole of burning red smoke. Beside this, lying upright, was the sheriff's hat. How it come to land so perfectly, Fontaine did not reason with. He only looked at it, knowing this was the end they had all reached. He fell to his knees and began to climb, his fingers burrowing into the dirt like worms as he pulled himself up to the smoldering chasm and peered into its depths. The sound of swinging chains echoed through the room. Fontaine stared into the light, reflecting over what it was he'd lived for. 